peace of Christ be with you. As we gather into this place or as you gather at home, I invite you to slow down, to find yourself feeling grounded in this place, to take a few deep breaths that you might open up and be aware of the presence of the living spirit with us right here and right now. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. Would you rise in body or spirit for the call to worship? Let us pray in forms ancient and familiar. Let us dare to set out in new directions. Let us honor tradition while offering fresh interpretation. You may be seated. Welcome, welcome to Westminster. It is good to be in worship with you this morning. I welcome you here in the sanctuary. I welcome those of us joining at home or wherever you may be watching our live stream. It is good to be together in many places. Uh, I want to offer thanks to Wilson Adkins, who is our lector this morning. His name didn't make it in the bulletin, but that's who is behind that mask, is Wilson. So thank you. I do invite you following worship to join us in our Finley Hall for coffee and tea as some snacks and most importantly, a chance for conversation, Again, a chance to maybe meet someone new, get to know someone just a little better. Let's join together now in our community prayer. Let us pray. Holy One, you are the God of the old and the new. It is easy to cling only to the old, only to the firmly established in the way it was. It is likewise easy to dispense with the old, trusting nothing of age, and seek after only novel wisdom. We seek, however, to stand in the breach, bridging ancient wisdom and creative spirit. We seek, like Jesus, to love the heritage given to us and live it out in our present realities. Our prayers continue in quiet.
Amen. Friends, hear the good news that God loves each one of us abundantly and unconditionally. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. We are set free. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we continue in our time of prayer together, now is the time that we share with one another. We share the joys and the concerns that are on our hearts and minds today. So I invite you, when it's time, to just raise your hand and, and let us know. Share with us how we can be in prayer together. Um, I'll start off uh, simply by offering prayers for Peter Wirtz. Peter, who is very near the end of his life. And maybe Marilyn is, is watching with us. If so, Marilyn and Peter, just know that our prayers are with you and we love you. And they have said multiple times, they certainly feel the prayer and the support of, of this congregation. So prayers for them this week especially. Others, others, yes, Susan. Absolutely. Prayers for a friend whose brother is looking for a bone marrow transplant and is having a hard time finding a match. So prayers for him. Yeah, Nancy. out for one another. Excellent. All right. She's probably distracted unloading diapers, which joys and concerns. Look at these diapers right here. Um, continuing to, to collect diapers that we donate to the Canal Alliance. Um, we are making an effort the first Sunday of each month to be our special diaper Sunday. You can, of course, bring them always, but that's why they're up here today. They won't be here all the time, but this special first Sunday of our, our diaper collection, and Carol is the one who is spearheading that. Other joys or concerns? Yeah, Ruthie. So Ruthie's lifting up a senior care facility in Healdsburg that is having to close, um, and about six to eight residents who still don't have a place to go and facing the possibility of having to go very far from their families. So Ruthie's just offering prayers that they may find a place somewhere in Sonoma County, somewhere local. Yeah, Jim. Jim offers prayers for Lindsay, who has been his daughter's good friend for many years, who died very unexpectedly. And Jim, looking at you, reminds me that this is nationally Boy Scout Sunday. Um, and I don't know if that's something we've lifted up at Westminster before, but we're lifting it up this year uh, because just this past month, our session voted unanimously to be the new charter organization, is that the right term, uh, for one of the Tiburon uh, Boy Scout troops. So they're going to be meeting here now weekly, uh, helping with various projects around the church, and it's just a relationship that, that we're very excited about. And Jim has been a spearheading that, so we thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. Tricia, I saw your hand. <laughs> yes.
first welcome to you. It's good to have you with us. For those who may not have heard all of that, this is Paula, uh, who is Patty Trick's sister, here to help Patty. Patty, a longtime member of Westminster. Patty had a skiing accident recently and uh, really messed up one of her knees um, and is pretty immobile right now. So wonderful that you're able to be here. Um, we are also you know, providing some support to Patty. I know her deacon is, is getting some meals uh, going for her, so if you'd like to help in that way, let me know, and I'll, I'll connect you with Patty's deacon. All right, let's have just a few moments of quiet as we hold all of these prayers, and then I will lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So let us be in prayer together. Gracious God, you hear our prayers, and they're offered in the name of the one who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation.
I want to invite any of our children who are worshiping with us today to join me up here at the front for a time of discovery. Oh man, you came on the right day. Because we, oh no, don't sit down, don't sit down yet. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we always have things stored back here. And would you throw me this frisbee? Okay, here, I'll throw it to you and then you can throw it back to me. Liam, I have to tell you, so there are some things that I love more than anything else. And one is throwing, you didn't know I was going to throw it back at you. I'm sorry, I didn't warn you. And that's playing Frisbee. It feels like heaven when I'm playing Frisbee with my friends. I don't think about any of the other things that bother me in this world. Do you ever play Frisbee? Uh, oh, okay, I've got another one, okay? Here. So sometimes... I like to drill things and cut things. You might have even heard us. Did you hear us the last few weeks in the middle schoolers? You heard us. Yeah, we make a lot of noise. Just, just push the trigger. Pull the trigger. Yeah, that's fine. Isn't that fun? Yeah. So, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll give some tools to your parents and let you play with them. Uh, you know, when I get to cut things and saw things, it just, and you build things and you create something, it's so beautiful. It's just like heaven. Have you ever got to cut things with power tools and drill things? And <laughs> I, all right. So this is very tiny. Our youth got this for me. It was a gift. But I don't really play music very well. I don't play at all. But some people play music. And when I see them playing, they just close their eyes and they forget everything. It feels like heaven to them. Do you play music for Jimbe? Okay. All right, I'm getting there. So my brother got me this from Honduras. I don't really know what it means or anything else about it. I just thought it would be fun to show you. That's all. But yeah, so this is my. I asked my children if I could. Yeah, you satisfied? If I could show this. This is. Uh, you know what this is, right? Transformers, this is Bumblebee, and uh, there's a way that it opens up. Yeah, so I don't know, it, sometimes when you're driving a car and you're going really fast, you, wouldn't know about that. you, you know, it just feels like heaven. Have you got to drive a car really fast? <laughs> well, it also opens up into this Transformer, I think. Here, do you want to play? You can, you can have that. See if you can figure out how to open it. There's another one where for a while, I had a job where I got to drive big trucks around, and this is kind of weird because this is a smaller toy than that one, but it's fun driving really big machines around, and you feel so powerful, it's so fun. Have you ever got to drive a big truck around? <laughs> All right, I'm still working on it. Okay, and last one, a lot of people remember this. Yes. Yeah, you remember this, right, from uh, when we were sheltering in place, and... Sometimes it's just fun to play with toys. It's, it's just a little bit like heaven. But you know what? I gotta ask you a question. And Theo and Soul, as I know you're watching at home, you can answer to mom and whoever else is watching with us can answer at home. So Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. Did he get to play with, that trans with Transformers like that? Probably not. Did he have Batman? Probably not. He probably didn't get to drive big trucks, and he didn't get to play Frisbee. I don't you know. He might have seen something like this. I don't know. Um, he didn't have power tools. And so when he wanted to describe what heaven was like, he told his friends that heaven was actually like this. The stuff in this bag. You know what this is? It's not. But when you ask the person who's leading sacred stories today, they might tell you what this is and why Jesus thought this was a great description of what heaven is like. Can you take this with them? So we're going to follow. Who's leading us out today? Mr. Ben, thank you. Let's go. Go down in peace. Go down in peace.
this scripture reading is Isaiah 43:18 and 19. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do not perceive it. I will make a way in the wilderness. When a mentor of mine took a new church, he had that scripture read at the first service. Do not remember the former things. I'm about to do something new. He also had this read at the first service. Remember this and consider, recall it to mind, your, you transgressors, remember the former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So which is it? Do not remember the former things, the things of old. Sometimes the old ways can bind us, can keep us from growing old habits old dysfunctional patterns, sometimes old relationships. They keep us in a place that could hurt us or at least impede our growth. There is a side of forgetting that is quite useful, actually, in our journeys. Do not remember the former things of old. And the past can bless us can keep us from repeating familiar mistakes, can ground us in a line of wisdom that reaches far beyond our own lives and even our parents and grandparents. It can be an anchor that holds us in place, can help us understand who we are, can be solid ground on which to build something meaningful and fresh. So, of course, it's not all one or the other. And wisdom isn't just memorizing a bunch of lines in Scripture or any old set of teachings or texts and then regurgitating them unthinkingly. But rather, wisdom is knowing when to draw on which, in what circumstances and how. When do I need to be forgetting? in stepping into new territory, and when do I need and how do I need to be remembering in staying connected to the old ways? And similarly, wisdom is about avoiding falling into the trap of binary thinking all the time. It's all this or it's all that, black and white. To use that former example, if all we did was forget the old way, and try new things, we would have nothing that would ground us. We'd just be sort of adrift at sea, blown by whatever wind comes our way. No familiarity, not much depth, all novelty and adventure, but not much to ground us. Similarly, if all we do is remember the old ways, what are we here for? Just to reenact the old play over and over and over again, quickly the lifeblood just drains out. The vibrant way is to hold the two together. To hold them in a healthy tension. Those of you who are familiar with dialectical theory will understand this, that there's something, there's a vibrant equilibrium when you refuse to just reject one side or the other, but you hold poles Together, it creates kind of an energy to it. I bring all this up because we're continuing a series on exploring our Christian identity statement crafted and approved by the elders this past year so we can get a, a stronger sense of who we are in here and guide the kinds of things we do and be a little bit better at articulating out into the world. Why do I always say the world is that way? That's also the world. Have, been, have you noticed? I always say out there. People in Belvedere are just feel totally ne <laughs> neglected. Same with the fish, the world. So we can more clearly articulate who we are to the wider world. 
And today we come to the, I, I want to say line, but it's really three lines that we're going to explore in our identity statement, each of which holds two polarities together. So it's right there in your bulletin, bolded on the inside. We treasure our beliefs and we're open-minded. We're traditional and we're evolving. We're reverent and we're joyful. Let's take those one at a time. We treasure our beliefs and we're open-minded. That's important as an individual and as a body of believers to treasure our beliefs as committed Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. We treasure that. It helps define us. It makes us who we are. Those are precious and dear. And we don't have to apologize for those or hide them. They're our unique gift to the world. Right? Sometimes Christians show up into conversations, interfaith conversations, and they don't want to offend anybody, so they hide that which makes them particular. But that's our particular gift. We can treasure it, treasure them. And we can be open-minded to the fact that others might have had experiences or teachings or convictions that can expand us or stretch us, even if only to a help us affirm what we already believed, but the engagement in and of itself is really valuable if we want to grow. All treasuring your own beliefs, and you pretty quickly become a closed system, and you run the risk of falling into the trap of fundamentalism, absolutism, where you have the only truth, about which truth is sort of hard to prove in our territory, but you have it all, and it's this defined list. It's interesting. Movements of fundamentalism have come and gone throughout the eons, and the one thing they can't seem to agree on are what the fundamentals are, right? Every group has its own definitive list. On the other hand, if we're all open-minded, if that's all we're about is just, oh, we're open to everything, Pretty quickly, when you try to be about everything, in effect, you're about nothing. You don't stand for anything. There's nothing that defines you. In an attempt to be sort of widespread, what you really become is kind of shallow. There's not much depth. So what we do is we try to hold them together. We treasure who we are and what's most dear to us, and we honor what's most dear to someone else, daring to believe that maybe in engaging that, we might expand. And maybe we'll even bless them. We're traditional and we're evolving. And here we're speaking as much about style as anything. The order of worship is a fairly traditional, very traditional, I would say, reformed Protestant worship service. We wear pretty traditional garb. But we like to think that we fill it with a little bit of liveliness and freshness. I mean, we don't go so traditional that we face away from you toward an altar and speak in Latin. In part because we don't know Latin. <laughs> My high school Latin teacher will confirm that with you. But also because we want to be able to speak in a way that connects, that's relevant to today. Now, if it's all tradition, it quickly becomes stodgy, and out of date, connected to the past, but not connected to the future or to the present. And similarly, if we're all about new things and evolving, and it's, it's all trying to look hip and cool, something you do not want to see out of me, then you just appeal to every passing fad, and you come and go just as quickly as they do. And if you were here last Sunday or you were watching it, you came into Patty playing Pachelbel's Canon on the organ. Beautiful. Fifteen minutes later, you heard Glenn and Bethany playing guitar and singing folk music. Also beautiful. And either one on its own can stand, but together there's something rich and lovely and mutually sort of complimenting about that. Not only does it appeal to more people, 
but it creates kind of a layered experience where if you like one of those styles, you're pleased and in the same moment you're stretched by the other one. It's that kind of dynamic relationship that makes it all vibrant. So we're traditional and we're evolving. Finally, the third, we are reverent and we're joyful. I don't see these as poles at all, but you can see how they become different poles. For when we think of reverence, we think of being very serious, which I, some, I think that's probably not the best definition, but that's how it often plays out. Reverence is nothing but an attempt to recognize the substance of something, to, to, uh, to be passionate and to honor the existence of something or someone to give it its due space and due attention. It's to be grateful. It's to recognize the miracle of something. That's reverence. Reverence is kind of a lost art in our culture right now. We want to be irreverent toward everyone and everything, and you can kind of feel the, the decay that comes with that. I'm in a group of religious and civic leaders that comes together each month to to dwell in the weighty problem of what's happening with the environment. And one of the tools that we draw upon as we wrestle is reverence. That some of what is going on could be addressed by a reclaiming of reverence for the created world. That we might be in a little bit better relationship if we honored uh, it as, as gift and not something just to be exploited. Reverence is a powerful tool. In the sacred stories, which our youngest children go to in Sunday school, it's a way of doing biblical storytelling with, with little um, sort of kits. They come in baskets or box, and they have figures, and you tell the story. And really, sacred stories is, is a grand lesson in reverence, because one of the things the curriculum has you do is teach the children how to walk a different way, a little more gently, right? being reverent upon the earth. And when you're done telling a story, you'll notice you never just dump all the materials back in. You place them piece by piece. Those of you who have been trained know this, right? One, it's teaching them to revere the story they've been handed, to honor it, and simply to learn to revere and be reverent about physical space and physical objects and other people. Because if you're reverent about something, you're far less likely to mistreat it. But that doesn't have to come at the expense of joy. Because right? if, if, it's, if it's all reverence, it can just seem like everything's heavy. Right? And many of us are, are tired of the loads we carry. I just looked at Chris, and I'm thinking what it must be like to be a doctor. If you can't have a little gallows humor, I would guess, so you don't have to tell any stories, how can you get through what you see? The need to laugh, to release, to delight. And it all doesn't have to be irreverent humor. It can be sacred joy. Not happiness, which is fleeting, but this kind of deep joy of delighting in the world, of, of experiencing fully. Right? This is all, joy is also a marker of faith. I mean, if you see somebody who claims to be someone of great faith, but they're always like this, well, who wants that? What kind of God is that? What kind of gift is that? So joy is another way to honor the gift. I hope each person here avails themselves of the Spiritual Life book group because this series they're doing, Desmond Tutu and Dalai Lama's The Book of Joy, which explores their relationship. Now, here are two men whose life has been devoted to reverence. I mean, they're religious leaders in the highest order. And yet, their relationship is defined and marked by giggling and teasing each other, right? So if it's all reverence, it can be heavy and serious. On the other hand, if it's, if it's all just joking around, laughter, then you, you miss the substance in the moment to wrestle with the fullness of the human experience, not all of which is a laughing matter. So we hold these together. And that's the task. That's what we've set ourselves up for as our goal. As you, who constitute the church, participate, lead, design things, to hold all these 
intention. Now, in any one moment, in any one activity, it's appropriate to lean toward one or the other of these poles, of course. But if we can keep in the back of our minds these questions, then they'll make for a richer experience. In what I'm doing, am I being both reverent and joyful? Am I losing track of one of those two? Am I honoring the tradition, the richness of our heritage and how it blesses us? And am I being open to stepping out into new ways? I mean, Jesus did this, right? Loved his tradition and stepped out and pushed on it. He, was, he, he actually taught us what deserved our reverence and what didn't. Are we treasuring our beliefs? Are we re revisiting that which makes us who we are and being open-minded because we're unthreatened since we know who we are? If we hold those together, we will bear far greater fruit than if we rush to one or the other. Well, I've talked about this plenty. I think you sort of get the point. So why don't we practice it a little bit? That's more fun than just hearing me lecture about it. So thinking of this traditional and evolving set, for example, in a moment, we're going to do the most traditional thing Christians do, I would argue, have Holy Communion dating back to the first time that was celebrated. It's in Paul and in the gospel, so it almost certainly happened, and it's happened virtually every day since then. For almost 2,000 years, people have gathered at table to remember that, the most ancient of rituals. And we're going to do it in some ways like we always have. We'll gather around this table that has been here as long as this sanctuary has been here, pointing to a table that's been here for 2,000 years. We'll gather around that, but I wonder... I wonder if this time one of you would like to break the bread. Anybody want to break the bread? It, it's not hard. You just rip it. Great, Malia. Okay, when it's time, we're not there yet. When it's time, Malia will come down and, and break the bread. And, uh, and Bethany will offer some prayers, and I'll say some words. But I wonder if somebody else would like to, to pour the cup. And there's no real trick to it, except you've got to really do one of these. This is the... <laughs> Aaron, great. Aaron will do that. Okay, good. Good. Uh, and what about uh, at the beginning? It's, there's an important moment where we remind the community for whom the table is set. Will somebody invite everybody to the table? I'll walk you through it. I'll give you some cues. Anybody want to do that? Great. Jackie. Okay, when it's time. Uh, last, um, a, a role that we need. This one you don't have to come up front for. We need a few people who would just covenant to pray for the whole community during that ritual. Just where you are, hold the space in prayer. And it better be at least one man, because ladies are showing up right now. And uh, <laughs> come on, fellas. Thank you, Bob and Jim. Others, Lyndon. Thank you, Rebecca. Hold us in prayer in that time. Now, some of you may be saying, wait a minute. This is not how we do this here. Don't remember the former things. We're trying to do a new thing. The Spirit is doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? You feel it? This is an important, important ritual. We want to make sure we uh, embody it with faithfulness. Well, that's why we're going to remember. We're going to remember and we're never going to forget the gift that this is. We'll hold them together. Amen.
You may be seated. We come now to the Lord's table. We remember that all are invited to share in this meal together. So just a couple logistics. I'm hoping that you either brought communion elements with you this morning or you received a single serve communion element when you entered. If you do not, just simply raise your hand and our usher Nancy there will come by and, and give you one of the single serve elements. So you just keep your hands up. She'll, she'll be there for you. Um, and that way we can all participate in the meal together. Now we remember that when we come to the table, Jesus invites us to come to the table in peace. So I invite you, maybe trying not to move around too much, but just where you are, turn to a person or two or three who are near you and offer the peace of Christ to one another. The peace of Christ be with you all. I invite you to be seated. Unless you're helping lead communion, then I invite you to come forward if you're one of those folks who will be doing that. Prayers can stay in place. I, I hope that comment about um, better be men, that was meant to balance out the scales, not to say only men can pray. Oh, good Lord, help me. Yeah, yeah. just want to make that clear. And Jackie, why don't you come up right in the middle? No, I'll, no, you're going to say what's on your heart. So, but I'm going to interview you. I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you some prompts. So you just have to speak up because you don't have a microphone. We're not that egalitarian, apparently. But um, so, Jackie, is this table just for Bethany and for me? Absolutely, Absolutely good, strong answer. But it's probably just for the elders, right? Just the ordained members of the church? No, not really. Oh, interesting, huh? Um, what about those who have paid up on their stewardship pledge? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, is it, is it a, a table that belongs just to Westminster? Yes, the literal table does, thank you. Actually, it actually belongs to the Presbytery probably, but anyway. Uh, Yes, that's right. Uh, what about just to the Presbyterian church generally? Is this a Presbyterian sacrament only? So for whom is this table, in your words? So tell them that and invite them here, in your own words. Thank you, Jackie. Amen. Will you join with me? God be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to God. Let us pray. Loving God, you transform. You transform all that is before you so that at the touch of your grace, we are not the same. Oh God, you illumine. You bring light to all people, light to our hearts, light on your way. In the beginning, you set light into being, casting the stars and the sky, founding the evolving earth and all that dwell within it. You continue to care for us, your treasured and beloved creatures, with presence, grace, and hope. In the fullness of time, you sent to us your own child, Jesus, who reminded us again that we are all welcomed into your holy embrace. So hear us now as gifted by the presence of your Holy Spirit. We offer ourselves to you as we unite our voices with the entire family of your faithful people everywhere. Holy, holy, my heart
Friends, on the night of his arrest, Jesus took bread. Having given thanks, he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, and he said, This is the cup of the new covenant, which is sealed in my blood. It is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it, he said, remembering me. This is the feast of God for the people of God. Let us now share in this feast together. Perhaps this relatively new tradition of the crackling sound can remind us of the, <laughs> the cracking of the veil between heaven and earth. Let us pray. Holy One, you have fed your people at this table for thousands of years. We pray that you meet us here today feeding the hungry places and the parched places in our lives and in our world. And having been met where we are without judgment but pure love, we ask that you would send us out to the world likewise, without judgment, with pure love, to feed the hungry, the thirst for righteousness, and to live into the heaven that you've gifted us. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. I invite you to take a look at all those announcements in your bulletin and decide what are the best ways for you to connect with the many events and activities of our church community. A couple of things that aren't printed there. First, our 2021 annual report is out. I invite you to take a look at that. There are some copies on the table in the narthex as you leave. It's also found online on the members section of our website. Uh, but lots of reports from all the various committees and groups of the church uh, reviewing what was a, a strange but really wonderful year for the church last year. Second, uh, many of you may remember when a series of tornadoes swept through the Midwest um, and uh, really did a lot of devastation. And Carol Kaufman has um, lots of connections in Kentucky. Her dad served a church in Kentucky for, for many years. And she's reached out to them about um, a possible mission trip there to help uh, with some of the rebuilding from, from those tornadoes. Not immediately, we wanna get it's still a little past uh, the, the COVID stuff, uh, but Carol is looking for folks who might be interested in helping her to, to plan such a mission trip to Kentucky, maybe this fall or maybe early next year. So if you're interested in that and helping to plan, helping to participate, uh, see Carol, and she can definitely tell you a little bit more about that. And then Rob, I know you had um, an announcement about the Tahoe pilgrimage. I'm glad you said that because I forgot I had an announcement about the Tahoe <laughs> pilgrimage. <laughs> You've been reading and hearing about in uh, worship and in other materials about a, what I'm calling a pilgrimage, though it'll sort of look like a retreat up at Zephyr Point this spring, uh, May 30th to June 3rd. You would have seen on your e-news this past week, if you're opening that, uh, more information about that. In particular, there's a registration form now, and if you didn't see that, I can give you one. Let me know, and I can email it to you or print you one. Uh, and it asks for a deposit hopefully by February 18th, which will help us cover our costs, but most likely we'll still accept registrants uh, after that date. 
uh, to participate so that we can make sure our spots are secure. The price for that experience will be um, $425, $425 if you're willing to share a room with somebody, uh, or $750 for those wanting a single room. Scholarships are available, so do not let finances get in the way if that's a burden for you. The deposit we're asking for is $100 by the 18th. This will be a time when we'll do some hiking and we'll have options for varying levels of rigor, so don't be intimidated if you're not somebody who wants to get out there and do a, a massively strenuous hike. We'll have varying levels. Some hiking, some spiritual practice, prayer time together, as well as just connecting as people on the journey, building a relationship. So I, if you want to know more, feel free to talk to me. There is an informational meeting this Thursday at 10.30 in the morning via Zoom. There's a link that uh, has been circulated. If that doesn't work for you for understandable reasons, we'll try to record that session and send it to you, or you can just talk to me offline. But I wanted to get that next level of information out to you so we can start to firm up sign up. So even if you told me in the past, hey, I want to go, you need to be sure I want to go. Diction, my mother would be wondering. Um, <laughs> if you want to go, you have to still fill out the registration form with a check and send it or bring it in to the office. And with that, let's rise in body or spirit for our closing If you remember, we began the service by singing, your law is perfect, and we end by singing, faith begins by letting go. Letting go, holding on, reaching out, holding those together, that's what will make us most faithful. As we go from this place, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God who is Father and Mother of us all and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit go with us this day and every day. Amen.